Welcome to Curious Church Podcast. Way too hot. <laughs> I love it. So I do love it too, Sam. You're exploding. <laughs> I'm pumped. Out of the game. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, everyone. We're so glad that you joined us. We love you. You're our favorite. Everyone who's listening, whether you're in your car, whether you're in your bed, whether you're in your shower, whether you're outside mowing the lawn, mm. whether you're riding a bike or doing the dishes. I think I've listened to a podcast in car, all of those places. Or actually. fixing the car, changing the oil. Uh, let's go around the table here. Hey, Aaron is here. And Matt is here. And I'm Sam Gutierrez. It's good to see you guys. You guys look as, you guys look beautiful today. Everyone. We have a special guest today. Maybe you've heard her voice already. Her name is Betsy Steele Halstead. She's here visiting as our special guest. She just gave a presentation this morning. To celebrate our 10th, 10th episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Flew all the way my, from Michigan. <clears throat> even though I'm going to speak on creativity probably, but one of my first acts was that when I moved in fourth grade, my name is actually Elizabeth, but I did not want to be called Betsy anymore, so I oh. switched it to Elizabeth. So I go by both, Elizabeth oh, really? or Betsy. Do you yes. have a podcasting name preference? Betsy would probably Betsy. be preferable. Yes. <laughs> Betsy. Does anyone call you Samuel? Um, not many people. Some people call me Sammy. But okay. that's mostly among my relatives for some reason. But <laughs> that's because now. I think let's well, start that. <laughs> yeah, that's, start because, that. that's because I have a grandpa who's Sam, my dad is Sam, and then I'm Sam. So when we're all getting together for family gatherings, ah. like they tend to call my grandpa who's passed away now, they called him Sam. And then they called my dad Sammy, and then they called me Sammy as well. Are you a the Sammy third? <laughs> I am a I am a third, but act, to, to officially be <gasps> a, a third, third, you have to have the same first middle oh, and last and name. Oh, and, and we all have different middle names. Oh, okay. But all the same first name. So that does so not matter to I me. I am a third, but you're not a third. Well, I'm the third Samuel, but okay. officially you have to have the same yeah, yeah, yeah. first, middle, last. But first and last are the same. Yeah, first and last are the same. Sammy the third. Yeah. Oh, Samuel. It's so good. Jason Gutierrez the third. <laughs> Jason. Please, from now on, use my whole title. Yes. <laughs> I'd appreciate that very much. Well, you've heard Betsy. Betsy's here. She's She did a, um, a workshop this morning on, well, I'm going to let you just explain it just a bit. Tell us kind of where you're from, mm. what you do, and then why were you here this morning? <laughs> I'll start at the college time period. I had a major in psychology and in art and initially wanted to go into art therapy mm. but huh. and came out to California to go to Fuller <laughs> Seminary. So I went to Fuller <laughs> Seminary after that but realized it's one of those fields that they're not going to hire art therapists anymore. <laughs> and huh. I really enjoyed theology and philosophy and so I ended up with my MA from Fuller and have always worked in visual arts, but it's a self-taught. I mean, graphic design, the graphic design work that I do is, I went to college when we still were on typewriters. Mm -hmm. So I just have had to do it on my own and experience it and whatever. And over the years, it's amazing because that's why I always look in people's offices and what they look like because mine's like filled with books. But when I walk in, every time I've moved my office, I've had, okay, here's all my theology books. They all go on one wall. Here's all my art books. They all go on the other wall. And 
only like within the last 15 years is there actually books written about both of those things. It's mm, like I'm, yeah. I live, and that's what I talked about today a lot of this both and, because I've actually lived that feeling like you're living in two different yeah. worlds and near the two meet, you know, and so... Um, it's amazing what's kind of been published recently on theology and the arts now. There's actually yeah. positions on directors of So you So you mentioned your office. Where do you work? Yeah, I work at the Calvin Institute of Christian Worship, which is in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So you flew, flew I here? Flew, I flew here. I was raised in Grand Rapids, but we were gone for 20 years to college, lived overseas for a while, oh. back around the States, and then moved back home which is where family is so that's great and then so what's your job specifically at uh i have one of those titles that kind of wraps when you (laughs) (laughs) put email signature resource specialist for visual arts and graphic design work and that's not even the official title but that's the area that i'm in and this morning you were here talking to us it it, you know mentioning some of those areas but you kind of did three segments what were they um Three, I did three. I did two. <laughs> no, you, oh yeah, two, two and, and then, then a conversation. conversation. Two and then a conversation. But the first one was around the art. The first one was broadly about uh, the characteristics of worship and how that's reflected in the characteristics of art in a church setting. And then the second one was, I hope, more practical on projection. It was. So very practical. Yeah, yeah. practical yeah. is good. Projection, yeah. powerpoints, visuals, mm-hmm. visuals, projected visuals, stuff you can take to your church and like implement it kind of yeah, right away. Even if it's just one idea, you yeah. know, that's what you hope is just yeah. take home one thing that you can feel like you've learned something. And sure. Well, Betsy, we're super, super glad that you're here with us. Mm-hmm. We're excited. Really? We're going to have yeah. a conversation with you. But first, we're going to do a little segment called My Two Cents. This is a segment wherein we just give our two cents about a topic on the fly. Yeah, random topics in a container that we just threw in a jar. Best novel. Well, there's this comic book that I really like. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a novel? No, that's not a graphic graphic novel. novel. Is it a graphic novel or is it a comic book? It's a comic book. Well, then, no. Okay, my favorite novel of all time might be, and I'm going to do a set of novels, but I think it's the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. I love it. It's so good. It's so imaginative. It's inspiring. It's playful. It's fun. It's deep. Yeah, it's good. That's very good. Mine, uh, my go-to when I have this is Brothers Karamazov mm-hmm. by Dostoevsky. That's you get something new out of it every time you read it. It's really a great book. I don't know, but I have another one I'd like to say. <laughs> no. I have another you one. You don't called, get to go again. My name is Asher Lev. You ever read that? Oh, I love that. So book. good. Read it. Okay. I like um, Mark Twain a lot, so I'm going to go to another classic, Huckleberry okay. Finn. I really like Huckleberry Finn. Finn. I read good. that book. That's great. Betsy. I, I love My Name is Asher Lev. It's one of those that, like, it changed your life. Yeah as an artist, because it was about an artist. But one of the ones, speaking of Jewish, I love Exodus by Leon Uris. Have you ever read that? Mm, no. It's about um, right after the war and the development of Israel and then this boat that had to go over and the development of it. That was kind of fun. I have such a big list of best novels that then none of them are actually best. That's right. <laughs> but I'm going to plug one book right now, which maybe some people didn't read, but is Silence by oh, yeah. Ando- And 
uh, Martin Scorsese just came out yeah. with a movie on it, yeah. Silence. And th- one of the people that worked on the movie was Mako Fujimura, which is an artist from his Japanese background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And has studied beauty and um, silence and wrote a book himself on it and worked on the movie. So. So cool. we should oh, just watch so the movie. Watch then read the book. You know, this so, is the order. Okay, to so do watch it, right? the movie, but then never get around to the, <laughs> the book <laughs> <laughs> because you've seen it all. It's all uh, there. Yeah. Okay, here we go, people. Next one. <clears throat> donuts. Hmm. My two cents, Aaron. Uh, I like donuts, but I don't eat them anymore. That's never worth it to me. I've never <laughs> eaten a donut. Since I've been about 30, I've never eaten a donut and then not immediately regretted it. Yeah. You're talking about digestive problems, right? No, just like just that heavy kind of fat feeling. No. I'm, not, I'm not yet 30. Never had a regret eating a donut. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Ever. It's coming. That's my two cents. 100% for donuts. We had them at our wedding instead of cake. By our, I mean my wife's Rachel and mine. Uh, instead of cake, that was the best decision. Yeah. Great decision. My favorite donut is um, the Long John. Also known as the chocolate bar. I don't know why it's called the Long John, but I still like to call it Long John when I order it. It's fun. Cinnamon twist with chocolate and nuts sprinkled on top. Oh. It's perfect. Mm. Whoa. No cream cheese frosting? No. I never regretted it. Wow. Nice. Aaron, next one. We're all picking one here. Matt, I did one. Aaron. (laughs) Farm equipment. What are your thoughts on farm equipment? <laughs> two cents, not thoughts, know, just two cents. Two cents. I don't know anything about it, but I have read that it's super expensive, <laughs> like a like a tractor, or I don't know what other tools they use. My t- I just have my two cents is I have a memory as a kid of going to someone that my parents knew, and they had like massive old broken down tractors. It was almost like a almost junkyard esque in my memory. Yeah, it was kind of like that. They had all this equipment. That we could go out and kind of climb on, and you could go up, and you know, you move the little gear thing, Ooh. and as a, you know, so you think farming equipment toys. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's good. <laughs> I'd like to say something about creating a haunted house using farm equipment, broken down farm equipment. Ooh, that sounds scary. Is that your two cents? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, yeah. That's it. It's good, Betsy. Farm My equipment. two cents is that. It seems to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, have you those huge, like, the tires are, like, Come taller on, than yeah. a store. Oh, yeah, those, are, those are cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah nice. Good okay, one. Okay, Betsy, here you go. Okay, I get to pick. This is our last two sets. Last no, two. I think we got to do them all. Oh, we're doing them all. Okay. We got to go faster, sorry. though. Okay, faster. Freshly opened jars of jam. Okay, I'd like to say I don't really like jam. Whoa. Wrong. Okay. Hot takes. <laughs> Wow. Uh, my thought I- about this is that it looks like little elves had driven a Zamboni over the surface of the jam. It's my two cents. I have the same two cents as Matt. I love it. <laughs> my two cents is that, isn't it funny how we probably all like a, the, a different type of jam than we did as a kid? Like right now, my oh. favorite is like this orange marmalade. I probably wouldn't have touched that with a 10-foot pole when I was a kid yeah. with all the strings Too in it. bitter and yeah. stringy. I just yeah. want to add a meta two cents at how much better Betsy is at this <laughs> segment. <laughs> For than my Kenny first time. Yeah. She's like rocking this. Okay, next one. Everything I say is like Only a few lame. left. Okay, guys. That one's crumpled. Spiders in the house. Oh. Rescue or eliminate? 
100% eliminate. Uh, you know what? We share this world, but we don't share a home. <laughs> oh, I'd say squash them. <laughs> okay, I'll save them. Um, find a little jar, mm. find a plate, carry them carefully, and dump them out in the backyard wow. somewhere. If they're near the door, I might try to shoo them out. But yeah. Otherwise, yeah. squash them. I'm the same way. The door. I get rid of them. <laughs> they can, can live. Kill them. Yeah, I do. Yeah, okay, I kill I'm sitting here with three men. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to find a hammer, and then I set it on fire. Set it on fire. Is right. this our last one? No, we got, I don't know how many more. Probably Roller coasters. Oh, I love them. Great two Oh, cents. by the way, uh, what's his face? Uh, model guy with blonde hair. Fabio. Oh, Fabio. He was riding a Fabio. roller coaster. Fabio. He got hit. Yeah. He was riding a roller coaster, and they were going down, and his face <laughs> hit a pigeon <laughs> and broke his nose. <laughs> Which is so random. Is like, there how even a- could you predict that? <laughs> like a pigeon hit Fabio in the face. That poor guy. That probably really hurt. And broke, it it, hurt and so broke his nose. And then look it up on the perfect, internet. It must have been and bird. so bewildering simultaneously. Because you'd be like, what, what just happened? Yeah, that would be so confusing. Fast. Roller coasters. Uh, I kind of peek and top out at Disney roller coasters. Like anything beyond that, I'm kind of not in for. But anything that Disney's willing to do, like I can handle that. Mm-hmm. Good. I like them a lot. Although I think I get freaked out a little. Like it's, uh, we went on one with the kids recently, and they when it's their first one, even though this was kind of a tame one in terms of roller coasters I used to do, it was like. I was sitting next to my son, and I was like, I mean, he's strapped in, but I was still like holding my arm across him. So it was like a different level of scary. Yeah. <laughs> Which is my remembrance of roller coasters with our son. You're waiting in line, waiting in line, and every like five feet, it's like, if they're over this height, but if they're not, don't do it. And we're like, that's dinosaurs. He loves dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that was the scariest <laughs> roller coaster I have ever. He was literally down under. As far as he could go under the seat. Yeah. I don't like roller coasters. If you're interested, you can listen to, I think, a couple episodes ago. We did one, we did a podcast segment on beauty, talking about Psalm 27 with Kevin Adams. So there's some real, I think, really good nuggets in there. And if you want to understand that conversation, but we're going to talk about beauty probably. You know, it's hard. To, it's hard not to talk about beauty when you're talking about aesthetics and art. But that conversation is in another podcast. So, but we have Betsy here. We're going to be talking about art and potentially art appreciation, visual art, visual art in particular. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, visual art in particular. So, let's have a conversation around that. And um, you know, what, Betsy, what would you say to someone who wants to appreciate art? can see the value in appreciating it, but doesn't really know how to access it. Like, they don't know mm-hmm. where to start. They go to an art museum. What, what should they be asking themselves? It is or? hard, because I feel like sometimes we just need to have a conversation with musicians about the same topic. Hmm. Because you often will talk to people and they say, well, I can appreciate music more. It's more emotional sometimes music is, hmm. maybe. And... Um, art just feels so abstract, mm. even though it is intriguing to me because music is what is so like ephemeral. You know, it's just kind of floating up there. Art 
is actually a physical thing, and yet they feel further away from it. So mm. what is that? So one of the things that I sometimes do is, and I mentioned that this morning in the discussion, is just looking at elements of design. I don't think people recognize what elements are in visual art. Like, okay, color is probably, like if you just look at photography, people are attracted to color or black and white. But if you change all the images to black and white, they start looking at a piece more carefully because the color isn't quite so is distracting mm. or whatever. Mm. So sometimes I'll just start with those elements of design. Like look at the texture in it. What what do you see there? Or uh, the not with two dimensional sometimes, but I love that the opaque versus transparent and what that how that interplay is happening and sometimes they don't notice that. Mm -hmm. So it's just asking questions about the elements yeah, of I, the design. I think that that's really good because I think, you know, a lot of people were approaching artwork and they don't know what to do. So their first mm -hmm. reaction is, do I like it or don't I like yeah. it? So, and that mm -hmm. creates kind of a very narrow kind of framework in which to engage the art. Or they'll ask the question, what does it mean? So they, they automatically go right away to the meaning yeah. question. And that again is, it's like, it's, it's not a very, it, it's a good, it's a question that needs to be asked eventually. But it's not the first question to approach an artwork with. Instead, you should ask a question, I think, and this is what you're saying is, what do I see? And try to, try to mm. name some of the elements of what I'm seeing. Oh, I see this shadow here, or I see this shape, or I see this color. Oh, there seems to be an interplay of these two things happening. Yeah. Oh, there seems to be some tension here. Oh, you know, so, yeah. so just kind of naming and observing, spending time with it, and just observing, naming what you see is right. really a great place. And like I always compare it to music because I think it's helpful for people to say, well, how do I approach music? How do I? And, you know, you usually listen to a couple stanzas. You usually try to get to the refrain before mm. you kind of say something about it, you yeah, know, mm, however you're feeling mm. about it. But with art, you walk into an art museum and you will walk right by if it doesn't yeah. grab you or <laughs> something. What is it? So, that, so taking the time saying, I'm going to spend as much time with this one piece as with a brand new piece of music. And how do I look at music? And then how can I look at this differently? Seems to help people, I think. The, the, doing this comparison, I think, is, is super interesting, um, as a musician especially. But, I do, but I, when I think about how, like we live in a super highly visual world. Mm -hmm. Like there's always images kind of coming at us. Um, so I think it's maybe harder for people to see to see some to see a piece of artwork as you're right it's kind of intimidating for people but at the same time they're always looking at stuff and they're evaluating stuff but maybe not on an artistic level right they don't spend the time to just sit and dwell with it i maybe, like the maybe, word dwell yeah. because you're not just yeah. looking at it you're actually engaging mm -hmm. and maybe it. It, maybe it is spending time because with a piece of music that's kind of the time that's going to take for you to listen is already kind of established right so if yeah. this piece yeah. of music is a certain length if you're going to listen to the whole thing, like there's kind of a start and an end to yeah. it. Um, and where with visual art, you're kind of, you're spending as much time as you want to, which you're, you're right in a museum. If it doesn't grab you, you're walking right past yeah. it. All right. Even if you think what's interesting about this to me is I'm thinking about, you know, my Facebook feed or any social media feed, take Instagram. Um, right. We are trained now by visual. All these platforms are increasingly visual, right? Their algorithms are pulling up the photos or the videos and we're increasingly trained technologically that you just scroll on by 
You just maybe you stop long enough to like it, but next, 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 next. next. And so then when you get to an art museum or something like this, an opportunity to dwell with the art, what if, what have I been trained to do? Well, okay. See the image, like it or don't like (laughs) it and move on. Right. Like there's all these, uh, all these other ways in which we're engaging with the visual that then starts to encroach on the way that we then engage with visual art. And I think that people don't, aren't self-conscious about what they're doing. Yeah, so when exactly. you look at a piece of art, be more self-conscious about what am I actually seeing? How is my eyes moving through the piece? What is attracting me? Mm-hmm. Is it the texture of the dress of the person that I'm looking at just a photo of? What is it? Would be, is helpful, I think. What was, where was I going to go with that? I don't even remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, yeah. But to dwell long enough, but also to dwell with with questions that you have in your head. Where is my eye going? It, it is going somewhere, we're just not mm. conscious of it. So even if we connect it to like a worship space, I often will say, walk into your worship space as if for the first time. Mm. Where does your eye just get drawn? In an art, it can get drawn to a very, just a little corner of something that catches your eye. But people... It's so quick, you know, that they don't look at that and spend the time. And then ask, why did it do that to me? I'm just wondering, Betsy, what would you say about, you know, seeing through the artwork Mm. as opposed to just looking at it? Mm -hmm. So it becomes kind of a window into something else. And then I'm going to ask you about another way to look at art. But first of all, looking through it. What do you think about that? I think that in many traditions, we're not trained to do that at all. And so we look at it on a surface level of just what we're seeing, you know, literally what are we looking at, rather than how does it affect me versus what is the meaning behind the piece that I'm trying to get at. Uh, Thinking about it in kind of a three-legged stool, often people, well, what did the artist mean Hmm. by what what their intent was? Well, that's only one of the three legs. The other is me as a viewer. What do I see through it? I mean, this is not quite getting where you're going, but and and then just in general, the the artwork, if it lasts through the generations, is kind of speaking on its own terms too. In different contexts, it can say different things, and so recognizing that level, I think, then helps you move to say. Now, what is it speaking to a broader cultural, you know, issue or simply to this family, whatever? I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can read through the piece. Can we go back? Can we go back a second to the yeah. three-legged yeah. stool? Because yeah. I, I kind of want to flesh that out yeah. a little bit. Um, and and maybe I would just ask you to kind of restate it. But how is are these? Is this kind of a three-legged stool for? The artist or for um, the viewer? Like, is it a place where we start to appreciate art? How does that work? Yeah, I think it's all of those. Because I think artists themselves have a a tendency to say, well, I don't want to say what I meant by the piece. What did you see in it? Well, what they're doing is asking you, well, take your part of the three-legged stool Mm, mm. and tell me what you're thinking. It's not just me. I'm not the only person involved here. The viewer is, too. So you have to take on a role. Mm-hmm. So it's not a bad thing for the artist to say, well, this is what I meant. But it takes on a life of its own, too. And so what, what did you see in it? That kind of thing. Right. 
And then there's yes. context, historical, and then the context or, on top of geographical. it. Geographical. So often, I will if I use a visual of a secular piece, the artist had no intent of it being used in a worship space. You know, I don't. What's a good example? You know, not Van Gogh because he actually had kind of a spiritual mm. background. But uh, it, people always, well, what's the title of it, or can it be used in this situation? And again, if you parallel it with music, you know, what secular work mm. can be used within a worship service, or does it have to have a religious content? We're singing Beatles on Sunday. So yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of that third leg yeah. is, you know, in what context are we going to read into this differently? Are mm. we going to see through the piece differently for our context or not? Interesting. So what I like about that is. It, it encourages kind of the viewer and the artist to really take up their role in yeah. the work. So a lot of times mm -hmm. I think the viewer will be, feels inadequate. Mm -hmm. And so they'll mm -hmm. immediately jump to, well, what did, what did the artist mean? Yep. Which is one leg yeah. of the stool. That's right. fine. But it's to, then they undervalue their leg. Participation to participate in the piece. Because once the artist makes the piece, hangs it on a wall, yeah. it kind of takes on a whole different life where now the viewer is is creatively engaging with it and in some sense creating another another sense of meaning because what mm -hmm. the artist intended that's part of the meaning making mm -hmm. but what the viewer brings to it is part of, it's 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 kind of a new thing right. that that begins to happen oh, that's now cool. there is an educational aspect to it so if you ask an artist to write up a description mm -hmm. you know oh, they're a little hesitant to, to do that but for me especially within church settings i think this is really important because it helps the viewer learn how to do it yeah because yeah. that's why they want to know what the artist is because they don't know just like we were saying they don't know how to look at a piece mm -hmm. so by reading what the artist is saying then, in a way, what all we need is at the end, you know, well, what do you see in the piece? Or, yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. ask a question uh -huh. so that, no, now this is to be flipped. And yeah. you understand what the artist's intent, but now what do you see in mm. it? As a culture, sometimes I think we're so data-driven. Like, we're always Googling stuff. We want to know answers to yeah. things. We don't like to not know things. Yeah. Um, and with information so accessible, it seems like that should apply to artwork as well. But it's well, more... It's, it's this idea that we bring to artwork that it has one meaning. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of times, good artwork is elusive. It 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 can have multiple meanings, and it works in different in different layers, layers of meaning. Mm -hmm. So, in some sense, yeah, there may be an original intent that the artist was, you know, trying to get across. But a good artwork will work on multiple levels. Mm -hmm. So there is no one right answer, in some sense, which really scares people because yeah. they want to. They don't want to be wrong. And they sometimes will venture into the area where they say, well, I think it means this, but I don't, like, I don't right. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know what the right. artist. Would. Or, or they go the other way, right? You then dismiss all engagement with art because, oh, it's all subjective anyway. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, right? that's right. Because if it can mean anything, then it doesn't mean anything. Yep. Uh, which is sort of the opposite layer of, well, I don't know, but I see this maybe. Mm -hmm. um, which both I think are detrimental. It seems like, you know, some of this then is talking, starting to get at what visual art can do to us, mm -hmm. right? Is that it kind of suspends us in these interesting places, mm. right? So you are in relationship with, like you actually are entering a new relationship with a piece and even with the artist in some respects as we're talking about these different stools. But then you're also potentially suspended between 
potential meanings because mm-hmm. it's quite possible that uh, even think about an art gallery, right? You're standing next to someone, maybe even someone you've come with, who is seeing something different in that painting, or you're seeing multiple things and you're not sure how to juxt. And that's so discomforting. Um, but also, I think an invitation into this morning. You were talking a lot, of Betsy, about these paradoxes and holding mm-hmm. these things sort of together simultaneously and what that looks like. But maybe we can talk a little bit more about what that then starts to do to us Mm -hmm. even. Because it's not just on the surface that way, but then it goes deeper and deeper the longer. And you don't have to stand there for three hours, so some people can Mm -hmm. do that. But it's viewing it and reviewing it over time that you get a a sense of depth to it that um, Henry Nouwen wrote that famous book on the prodigal son that just staring at that one piece for all of those years and what that meant to him um, at different times of his life. So it, it, Hmm. you get different things out of it, just like with music and a piece that, um, that can be, have different meanings for you. And that's not a bad thing. I love that because that original painting by Rembrandt hangs in the St. Petersburg (laughs) museum or something like that. Um, And when he originally got, got to see it, I think he spent three days with it. So he had a friend who knew someone who knew someone, and he was able to kind of secure some private time Mm -hmm. with the painting. And Mm -hmm. he spent three days. And then out of that reflection, out of that dwelling with Return of the Prodigal Son, Mm -hmm. he wrote a book. But I know for Mm -hmm. years then he had a copy of it, like a Mm poster-sized whatever in his office. Mm -hmm. And I think over the years it continued to speak to him. is how do you then bring this idea into worship? And one of the things that I've noticed is that people do think that they just like with their Facebook or whatever need to in worship see these images over one new one after the other. When in fact what we want to do in worship is dwell with the peace. And so putting it into different contexts like in prayer context where there is silence in the prayer So you have a blank screen with nothing and you're just silent. Then you see an image for a certain amount of time so that you're dwelling with the image in that same context. Mm -hmm. And then you pray together. Helps people be less uncomfortable with just sitting with a piece. Mm -hmm. And it could even be preceded by certain words that, you know, come into people's minds when they see the piece. So I think that this whole just sitting with a piece is very relative for what we can do in worship rather than just blasting them like they do in sea and culture. Mm-hmm. It, it can be a very countercultural act that we do in worship we, for we've, the visual. We've actually done an episode on slowing down in worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of this kind of applies to how we, yeah. how we um, sit with art too. And I'm, I've become less afraid to... And we've done this with music as well, but uh, with with art, like instead of flashing things by, having one that we're using for an entire liturgical season, like ha- that image can just kind of represent what's happening for a season. And we can, you use things over and over. It doesn't always, we don't have to keep looking for the next new thing all the time. Yeah. <laughs>
We're going to do a little segment now called My List, which we introduced, I think, last time. But the whole idea is that one of us comes with a list of something. It can be anything. So if you remember from last time I did my top five favorite green things, feel free to, yeah. you know, feel free to do your own thing. <laughs> well, you know, I know you were inspired yeah. by me. Yeah. Well, the, list, the listeners know, you know, most of the time I just come in here and I just wing it. I shoot from the hip. But this time... I have done some research, and I've come up with the definitive, the one and the only, top five words or group of words that are particularly satisfying to say out loud. Okay? <laughs> I like we'll it. We'll be the judge of that, Matt. Uh, it is definitive and objective. So, <laughs> Well, just because you researched it, what did you do, go on the internet and read uh, no, my research was my research was myself saying these words out loud in the shower this morning. So, <laughs> oh, you weren't but, uh, singing. That's disgusting. But the okay. poll, <laughs> the poll of one hundred percent response rate to all of okay, these. Okay, well, I'll judge all these and let you know. Okay, at number five, we'll work from five. This is worst. five to one, and this is this is the least good. Our words, um, and this is a this is a category. So some of them are singular, some of them are categories. This is a category of words that particularly derive from other languages. Okay, or have strong or origins. So I have words like English on, words. English but, words. Okay. Ensemble. <laughs> espionage. Okay. Both of these are. Wait, are you doing the list right now? What are you, what no, are you no. Doing? This Did you is just do this five is the, and four. This is, this is the category. This is five. Five is a category. Oh, it's a category. Yeah. Oh. Ensemble and espionage. Just say the ensemble. Ensemble. Feel it. Ensemble. ensemble. Espionage. Ensemble. <laughs> Yeah, no, you have to, I mean, it's just beautiful words. Espionage is pretty good. Yeah, yeah that's a great word, right? Yeah. That's smooth. Yeah. If we're talking about, like, um, like there's some great, uh, you know, foreign foods, like baba ganoush. Like, that is a really good word. Uh, that's maybe in this category. But, okay, so that's five. Number four, this is a single word. Are you ready for this one? I'm ready. But it, it's low because uh, I'm stealing from other people that I've heard say it. Wait, I'm not ready. Okay, now I'm ready. <laughs> lugubrious. Lugubrious. No, not lugubrious. 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 Say it with me, Sam. Lugubrious. Lugubrious. No, not la. <laughs> oh, wow. This, well. Lugubrious. Lugubrious. Garubious. Lugubrious. Lugubrious. And all of its Lugubrious. permutations, obviously. Espionage. Espionage. Lugubrious. It means uh, sad or dismal looking that way. I just, I just love the way that feels in the mouth. Was that number four? That was number four. Oh, by the way, if you're listening, which you probably are, <laughs> um, feel free to say these along with us. <laughs> oh, no. You didn't need to <laughs> offer that. They, they are. We know for sure. They are right now saying lugubrious don't listen to sam's pronunciation <laughs> all right number three this is again kind of a group of words okay uh related to um market or uh cultural dynamics okay one aristocracy that i like that word because it feels like um you should be saying it with a bit of an accent sam can you say that with a bit of an accent for us hello hello comrades <laughs> hello Oh, I aristocracy. I would like to be in your aristocracy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's excellent. That's exactly what that word. That was my Russian <laughs> accent, by the way. In case you couldn't tell. <laughs> in case you couldn't tell. Also, actually, better for your Russian accent would be this word: oligopoly. Try that one. Hello, comrades. <laughs> What's the word? Oligopoly. 
Hello, comrades. Hello. <laughs> you didn't tell him which accent to uh, use. Did you have this one in mind? Oh, should I do English? Oligopoly would be great in Russian. Okay. I'd like to do English with it. I would have done ar- arist- ar- aristocracy in English. Hello, everybody. Kind of Australian. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. What's the word? Aristocracy. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being a part of my aristocracy. <laughs> what I also like about it. Aristocracy is aristocratic, puts the it moves the emphasis, right? So it's just fun. Aristocratic aristocracy. Matt? Yeah. That is fun. Oligopoly. I'm having fun. <laughs> All right, that's three. Okay, moving to number two. Are you ready for this one? I'm ready. The word is svelte. Oh. Svelte. 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 I you like say it the V or the F? Do you say it with an S V. I know, but do you say svelte? Or svelte. svelte. No I, V. I, I no no v. F. Svelte. Svelte. Do you know F and V are the same mouth sound? You just are vocalizing one of them, right? Everybody. Everyone, do this in your car. <laughs> we know you are. We know you are already. You don't need our permission. But I like svelte because it feels like you've kind of got a little bit of a secret when you say it. Like It's svelte and it's kind of like, oh, I don't have a vowel between an S and a V, but usually there is. So <laughs> That is know. pretty crazy. It's, you're getting wild. We're at number two, so the list is getting wild. Okay, number one. Um, well, this one, my number one word that is just delightful to say for its mouthfeel it's a bit of a twist because others have been longer other than svelte. This one, plump. Oh, plump, plump. I th- it's the P at the end that makes that it. The P, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, and then if you say plump, plum. Plump, hello. Plump, plum. Plump. Plump is a really satisfying word to say. There you go. That's you my, have to say thank you for letting me be a part of your thank plump, you, plum. Thank you, comrades. Uh, Matt, I would like you to give us a sentence that uses all five of your words, yes. please. Oh, wow. And by the way, your list was way smarter than mine. Okay. <laughs> I'm Green totally things. embarrassed <laughs> now. When I looked at that member of the aristocracy and his ensemble, he was looking both plump and svelte simultaneously, which made me rather lugubrious. Yeah! That was off the cuff, people. That was good. You got to know that. That was not written down beforehand. That was hot. There you go. My list. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you, Betsy. Thanks, Betsy. Great conversation. You can find us at grandsprings.org slash Curious Church. We're in iTunes, we're in the Google Play Store, and we have a Facebook page. So go and tell us your thoughts about visual art or even tell us what words you think should be higher on the list. Yeah, and if, you want, and if you want to try to do a sentence using Matt's five words, Ooh. Oh, yeah. feel free to put that Let's, on the Facebook yeah, It'd be page. hard to beat, but... Facebook.com slash Curious Church. And you can always email us ideas or things you'd like to hear us talk about, curiouschurch at grandsprings.org. Have a yeah. have a seat music.com. Can I plug my thing again? Oh, yeah. You okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's too late. It's done. Well, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, everyone. I'm Sam. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Thanks for being curious with us. Mm-hmm.